Washburn. I am doing great. How about yourself, Michael? I'm doing good, man. The uh, the sun is shining here after about a week of torrential downpours, so we're drying out. Love the vitamin D, and uh, just spring is sprung here, so work is just keeping me busy, and I love that. So uh, I know love you got to be <laughs> burning it up, too. Oh, man, yeah. We finally got... Um, we ordered a basketball goal like back in October mm-hmm. and it was finally installed this week. The first week that we've actually had good weather. So my, awesome. my kids and I are really enjoying it. Getting a lot of uh, <clears throat> old man workouts in, which is great. That's great. Well, we have a really important topic um, today and I want to, I want to dive right in because I want to get as much time for this uh, information as possible. We're going to be talking about VA loans. And John, I know this is a uh, near and dear subject to you. You've spent a lot of your career um, as a loan officer kind of um, fine tuning this. And so um, you've done a lot to help these uh, these people who have helped us and kept us safe. So we uh, we want to kind of give back. And, and, and by that, I mean, know as much as we can and then be able to help as much as we can in our field. So uh, we're going to be talking about VAs, and we'll dive right in. Um, what what interests you, though, John, in the the veteran loans uh, back? You know, when you first got started, what what was it that kind of attracted you to this loan type? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's the obvious um, being able to uh, you know work with people that have served our country is um, you know always an enjoyable experience. Um, you know, I've got some close friends that served in the military and, uh, you know, I took, I took a couple classes on VA loans early on. And one of the things that kind of became my passion was sort of the discovery that there are a lot of groups, a lot of organizations, a lot of lenders out there that are, to be totally honest, um, sort of praying on veterans because it's, 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 it's an easy group to sort of market to, right? Everybody loves to be able to put on their website or on their marketing, like VA friendly or VA approved. It's always good branding. Um, and because of that, you have a lot of companies out there that are simply, they're, they're not doing a good enough job, um, you know, protecting veterans and, and keeping them from being overcharged on different things. So I kind of got a passion of like, I want to do these the right way. I want to make sure that, you know, if, if, uh, veterans are utilizing their VA benefit to purchase a home that, um, they're getting the best, you know, the best out there that's available. Yeah. I think, uh, what is, um, so exciting for me to, to do this podcast with you is, um, I've been, I've been in the real estate market for over 16 years and it's rare, honestly, that I learned something. Um, but it's even rarer that I learned something so, um, helpful, I think. Um, at this point. And I'm not saying that I know it all. Certainly that that's not what I'm, I'm not trying to be braggadocious, you know, here, uh, or boastful. Um, but I'm just saying like, I've seen so much. So when we talked last week, I was like, Oh my goodness, this is going to be so good to help people that I, I really just didn't know about. And, and I had some misconceptions. Now, uh, speaking of that, you actually wrote a whole class, 
um, highlighting six misconceptions. Um, what I like about your uh, your mission statement, and I'm going to read this to people. It says uh, it's going to be President Lincoln's promise, and it says to care for him who shall have borne the battle, and for his widow and his orphan, by serving and honoring the men and women who are Americans' veterans. To me, that, that's such a, a cool mission statement that you have. And um, so I definitely want to piggyback off of that and uh, go into our, our myths that we kind of have. Why don't you kind of give me your first myth, John, that you like to, to say is, uh, as realtors that we kind of have? Sure. Yeah. So um, just to quickly clarify, I didn't write all the material for this. I did gather a lot of it up, but I, I, I do teach for an organization called Military Mortgage Bootcamp, um, which makes it uh, a goal of ours to educate lenders and real estate agents on myths that exist about uh, VA loans. Because what we've realized is that we have six myths that exist. I think we're going to touch on three of them today. And because of these myths, veterans wind up getting hurt at the negotiation table once they are making offers. So the name of the course is actually called how to present a VA offer that listing agents will accept because unfortunately there's a lot of people in this industry that believe certain things that are wrong about VA loans, which again winds up hurting the veterans. And like president Lincoln said, we want to make sure we are not doing that. Yeah. I want to, to interject right there uh, just because that's how this all started. I called a broker I was telling her about submitting an offer and she asked me what kind of loan type. And I told her we were gonna be going VA. And literally, uh, I actually had an, an army guy next to me. It wasn't his loan, he was just, he was there. Uh, and, and you could just tell in her voice, she's like, oh. And it just completely just dropped. And so I wasn't shocked, you know? That's, that's how our business has been. It's like, oh, you're getting a pre-approval from Chase or, oh, you're getting a VA loan. Like it's, it's just all that, oh. And right. so this is just one of those things that I was like, wow, when I found out these, these and, the, and it, her reasonings, once I, I talked to you and I called her back and was able to like fire off these things, her spirits were lifted just like mine. And that's what's so exciting about this information is it's, it's just really gonna help the veterans look like a stronger offer. And we're doing this by educating their brokers and other lenders so that they know how to present the offer. And that's what it's all about. It's, t it's educating right. our, our peers. And yeah, our, we're educating our competition, but it doesn't matter because we're, we're helping them help the veterans who keep us safe. So that's what, that's sure. what we're gonna go to. So what is the first one? Is it the zero down equals the weaker buyer? Yeah, there's this myth out there that everyone just assumes if it's a VA loan, the borrower is probably less qualified because vet veterans have the ability to put 0% down on a mortgage. And so the assumption is like, oh, they're not putting anything down. They're probably not well qualified. But if you actually look at the facts, if you actually look at the numbers, and we've done this over at Military Mortgage Bootcamp, uh, the information that we have is pretty staggering. So um, in, in 2021, in Ohio, the average median FICO score for a VA buyer was 741. Wow. 741. That's pretty good. That's more than 20 points higher than it was for a conventional borrower. 
Uh, the average median household income was more than 70K a year. The, the average median liquid assets was almost 20K a year. The average loan amount was over 260,000. And almost 30% of veterans make a down payment when they are buying a house. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize this, uh, but honestly, if you put conventional buyers and VA buyers right next to each other, VA buyers, stand up quite well. They are vastly superior on average to FHA buyers. VA buyers are typically getting a VA loan for three reasons. All right. Number one, interest rates on 30-year fixed VA loans are lower than interest rates on 30-year fixed conventional loans. Number two, there is no mortgage insurance on a VA loan ever. And number three, you do have the ability to put $0 down if you want to. Although again, three out of every 10 veterans does put money down. I get people calling me all the time. They're like, Hey, can I get a VA loan? And um, I say, have you served your country? No, then you can't get a VA loan. Well, why? There's no mortgage insurance. The rates are better. Yeah. That's a, that's a benefit that they get from serving their country. You don't get to have one. Yeah. So there's a lot of reasons that a lot of borrowers would love to get a VA loan that have nothing to do with the fact that you can get into them without putting any money down. Awesome. That is, that's really good. Um, okay. So on top of that, uh, let's look at the next kind of myth. It says the VA loans are harder to get because there's tougher underwriting. What do you have to say about that? Yeah. So I want to be pretty, I want to be pretty clear here. Um, the reason these myths exist is that they usually lenders say things to realtors that are not true, but real estate agents, like if, if, if a lender tells you something about the lending process, you're not a lender. You can only take my word for it, right? Same if you're telling me something about the real estate uh, process, I'm going to take your word for it because that's, what's good. Um, VA loans are different from Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, um, uh, FHA loans uh, for a couple reasons, but by and large, they are actually simpler and, and more lenient on underwriting than any other loan. For instance, number one, there is no minimum credit score for a VA loan. None. There is no minimum. FHA, you can go all the way down to 500. Conventional, you can go all the way down to 620. VA, there is no minimum. If you had a 470 borrower, you could theoretically get a VA loan. I've never done one that low. I've done one at 503, but there is technically no uh, minimum credit score for a VA loan. Number two, there is technically no max DTI for a VA loan. I have actually gotten approved eligible findings in, uh, the, in the VA underwriting system up to 81% debt to income, 81%. Now, a whole bunch of different questions. Would you ever do that loan? Is that smart? There's a lot of, you know, extenuating circumstances, right? We've got income in the house that's not on the loan. You know, I'm not being You're a, a lender. Yeah, I'm not out here trying to throw around bad loans, but right. I'm just telling you, I've gotten approvals up to 81%. You can't go higher than 56.9 on FHA. You can't go higher than 50.5 on conventional, right? Here's the thing that can can be trickier about VA loans. If you try to, to search conventional loan guidelines, it's very simple. You can go Fannie Mae guidelines and you can download a 2000 plus page PDF searchable with control F in your browser right now. Not that tough. You can do the same thing with FHA loans. Download FHA guidelines, 
do that. When you want to search VA guidelines, it's funky. You got to go to the VA website. Um, and then they've got 12 different chapters that you have to click on one by one that deal with different things. But then even worse than that, they commonly put out what we call circulars, which basically here's a new circular May of 2023. And this counteracts a guideline that did exist in March of 2017. And because of this, it's harder for a lender sometimes to keep himself updated with all of the new things that are changing with a VA law. And what happens is sometimes things change. Lenders don't realize it. They get this loan into underwriting. Something has changed. They shouldn't have pre-approved the file, but they did. Now the file is not approvable. And what do we do? We, we all try to protect ourselves. It's the VA, Michael. Sorry, man. VA is terrible. You know how this goes. It's not the VA's fault. You just didn't know where to look, yeah. Mr. Lender. So in general, VA loans actually have less restrictive guidelines and qualifications than any other loan type. Again, no minimum credit score. I've seen approve eligibles up to 81%, right? It's just for a lender, it can be tougher to keep track. And that's, you know, that's one of the reasons we're here to, you know, try to help. Uh, John, is so um, is there any difference in the rate that a borrower can get if they have the lower score or a higher score? Yeah. Um, as a general rule, 30-year loans, VA rates are lower than conventional and right on par with FHA, but no mortgage insurance, which is which makes them better than the FHA. Even going down to a 503 credit score, it's still going to be it's it's still going to be have a lower rate than, you know, uh, than loans of a similar type. Uh, but the rates are going to fluctuate in the VA, meaning that correct. a 700 borrower is still going to be better than a 500 borrower in the VA. Absolutely. Okay. Just like every, yep. Just like every other loan program. Okay. Now 15 years, for some reason, 15 year VA rates aren't as strong as like conventional. So I actually have seen strongly qualified veterans that want a 15 year mortgage and they're putting more than 20% down. Uh, they'll go with a conventional loan instead of a VA loan. Mm -hmm. But um, if you can, most, uh, if you're going 30, most veterans are going to opt for that VA loan. Cool. All right. Well, hey, let's move on. Um, this is probably the biggest one that I would say is, uh, you know which one I'm going to hit? Yeah, absolutely. Let's see if we're on the same page. Number four, the seller has to pay more fees. Now, let's take the, the hardest one with the most time on this one. Most of the time, people don't want to take a borrower with a VA loan because they're like, ah. Oh, I got to pay all these fees. And really, when you break it down, a lot of people even just think it's, I got to pay for the termite fee. I mean, realistically, that's the one they're thinking. So they don't want to take a, a VA loan because they feel like that $75 pest inspection is really going to sink their deal. Um, sure. You know, there there are, uh, you know, other, other kind of sticking points, if you will. But for me, this is the biggest one. This is the biggest hurdle. What do you have to say about the seller has to pay more fees with the VA loan? Yeah, great question. So um, there, I have taught this class multiple times to multiple groups of real estate agents and lenders. While I was teaching through number four one time, in the middle of my lesson, I actually had a lender that was attending the class stood up in the middle of my lesson and told me in front of everyone, you're wrong on this. He was absolutely positively convinced that I was wrong on this because so many lenders treat this the same way. But 
let's transport yourself back to like the very first philosophy class that you ever took. All right. And we're learning like basic philosophy and basic reasoning. All right. We learned something called if then statements. Sure. Right. If this is true, then this is true. Right. And if this is not true, then this is not true. Right. So much of this is based off of a misunderstanding of an if then statement by the VA. Here's what here's what we've got. Okay. We've got two statements that the VA makes. Statement number one. Lenders are not allowed to charge more than 1% in origination on a VA loan. All right, the VA has come out. They want to protect veterans from getting overcharged. So they've set up and they said, lenders can't charge more than 1% in origination. Mm -hmm. Then they put in an if then clause in that says this, if lenders are charging 1% in origination, then the following fees are not allowed. There's a half a dozen of them. One of them is a pest inspection. Now let's transport ourselves into the mind of a lender. If you as a lender are told you're not allowed to charge more than 1% on a VA loan, what do you think most lenders do? Or how much do you think most lenders charge for VA loans? 1%. 1%. Oh, I can charge up to 1%. Cool. I'll charge 1%. And this is crazy. I've worked at lenders in the past where our origination fee for normal loans was like 1490, 1890, you know, different amounts. Mm -hmm. But then on VA loans, it was 1%. So, so that meant if somebody was bought of, if a veteran, if a well-qualified veteran was buying a $300,000 house, his origination was $3,000 on a VA loan. Whereas the conventional buyer right next door, he was only paying fourteen ninety, and that's exactly that's, how you want to treat our veterans. Yeah, that's exactly how we want to treat our veterans. Like, oh, oh, I can charge one percent. I'm going to charge the full one percent. But you got to understand, this is what a lot of lenders do. Yeah. All right. And the and the VA noticed that a lot of lenders were doing this, and the VA noticed in the past lenders charge more than one percent. And when the VA set this in, right, can't go higher than one. You know what a lot of lenders started doing? They said, okay. Well, we'll cap origination at 1%, but then we'll charge these other things. And the VA is like, what are you doing? We're trying to keep our veterans costs low. Mm -hmm. So if you're charging 1%, you can't charge for any of these other things, right? One of those is a pest inspection. Other things, you know, uh, lenders appraisal, lenders inspection, settlement fee, escrow fee. Fee, closing fee, doc prep fee, underwriting sales fees, but pest inspection is the big one, right? So, across the country. Step one, lender charges the veteran 1% on the loan because he's trying to make as much money as possible. Step two, all VA loans require a pest inspection. Gotta get this pest inspection to, in order to close. Oh, since I'm charging 1%, I can't charge the buyer. So who do, who gets charged for it? The seller. And now all of a sudden the seller's paying a $200 pest inspection fee. They're being charged a, you know, a, a $300 application fee. They're getting charged all of these other fees that the veteran's not allowed to pay because of how the lender has set up the deal. And I have had so many conversations with sellers over the years where I'm like, hey, if you accept my veteran's offer, your buy your seller is not going to have to pay a pest inspection fee, and they're like, "No, I don't believe you. We always have to." I'm like, "No, yours doesn't. How? Because I don't charge an origination fee. 
I'm not charging him 1% in origination. So I'm already saving that borrower, you know, however much that is upfront. And the thing is, you know, you work with, you work with veterans all the time. You're working with one right now, right? Mm -hmm. If, if, if you were to tell your veteran, Hey, your offer will be more likely to be accepted by the seller. If you pay for your own 150, $200 pest inspection fee, will you be willing to do that? Every veteran in America is willing to do that. Oh yeah. If I pay one fee, it's more likely to be accepted. Of course. Yes, absolutely. And so if you're working with a lender that charges 1% of origination, the seller does have to pay for it. But if you're working with a lender that knows how the VA guidelines work, um, then the seller doesn't have to pay for it. And we don't have to keep overcharging sellers for, you know, all of these fees and keeping them less likely to accept a VA loan as a result. Yeah. Yeah. That's super great. Um, I think again, it just goes back to education and it has to do with you've, you're competing with 10 or 20 offers. And if you are going to not, you know, um, get left out. It's best for you to have this information so you can make a phone call to the realtor, explain to them. Um, one, you're probably going to knock their socks off that they learned something. So you're already going to stick out in their mind because you taught somebody something new. Um, but then also you're, you're really doing a good service for somebody. And remember who we're doing this for. This isn't just any, any schmo. Like this is the person who went to, 10 weeks, 16 weeks of absolute mm -hmm. torture. Then they went across country or across the, the continent or, or even the world, you know, away from their family, maybe their new wife or new baby. And, you know, they were in a foxhole or whatever it was like, like these people put in a ton of work to be able to use this program. So you educating yourself as a broker, educating yourself as a, as a lender broker, um, so that you can best help these people just makes sense. Now, John, I think we have time for one more. We're going to throw a bonus in there. VA appraisers are tougher on properties than another appraisal because let me just set this one up. Basically, uh, first, a lot of times people think that there's a separate VA appraiser that goes out and does the property. And I had to just say, no, no, no. Same appraiser that would do a FHA or USDA, but they just pull the form that's gonna say VA now, and that's the form they're gonna fill it out. So that form is what people think is gonna to be tougher for a property. So they're like, hey, we really wanna make this the easiest way possible for my seller, that's what listing agents think, so we don't wanna choose the VA because we may get stuck on something. What do you say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so <clears throat> I, wanna be, I wanna be clear with this. Uh, there are, at least three different ways in which there's are there are at least four different ways in which I believe VA appraisals are better than both conventional and FHA appraisals. They are not all better. There are instances in which a conventional appraisal might be better than a VA appraisal. All right. My goal here is not to convince every single listing agent in the country that is, you know, getting offers right now. I'm not trying to tell them that they're a bad person for accepting a conventional offer over a VA offer, right? There's, there could be a bunch of reasons why that offer is stronger. Uh, but I do want to crush the myths that exist. Okay. We're going to talk about four. All right. Myth number one is that VA appraisals take longer. This is just false. Here's why they may have taken longer for people in the past. 
because the way we order VA appraisals is a little bit different from other appraisals. Okay. Conventional FHA uh, and, you know, USDA appraisals are all ordered through an AMC, right? An appraisal management company. VA appraisals are actually ordered directly through the VA. It's the same pool of appraisals, appraisers a lot of time, but instead of going to my AMC, I got to go to the web LG system. All right. And to be totally honest, a lot of lenders don't do a lot of VA loans and they might not realize this and it could delay them a week in getting the appraisal ordered. And then what do you do? You blame the VA. Oh, it's a VA appraisal. It takes longer. No, it doesn't. You just have to know where to order it. Right. Additionally, um, I love the VA because they have timelines set in stone timelines on VA appraisals, how long you have until you get them back. And they stay, they stay firm to them. Right now in Ohio, it's five business days from the date of an appraisal is ordered. We have five business days before that appraisal is supposed to be back in my inbox. And you know what I do? We order it, start the clock. If we get to the fourth business day and I don't have it, I will email the VA appraiser and I'll say, Hey, today is day four. I expect that appraisal in my inbox tomorrow. Correct. And if they say, no, you'll get it when you get it. Then I say, that's fine. That's totally fine. I reply to them and I reply to the VA directly. I say, okay, thank you very much. I will let the VA know that you are not going to meet the stated timeline on the VA chart right now. And here's what happens when I send out that email. Every time I do that, I get the deal back the next day. Why? Here's why. Because you have to be certified to appraise for the VA, right? Just like you have to be certified certified to appraise for Fannie and Freddie, you have to be certified to appraise for FHA. But appraisers want VA loans. Why? Because when a conventional appraisal costs 550, they only get 350 because the AMC is taking a $200 cut of that. But if a VA appraisal costs 550, that appraiser gets the entire amount. Huh. And they will do anything in their power. Yeah, the VA is not taking a cut on, you know, divvying out the appraisal. A VA appraiser, a VA approved appraiser will do everything in his or her power to keep being able to do VA loans. Mm -hmm. So one way VA appraisals are better, time. If you know how to work with these, you are going to get VA appraisals back on average quicker than conventional and FHA appraisals. Real quick, let me ask this question just so I'm clear. When you say when you put it in, what does that mean that they have five days? Five days from the time you request it or five days from the time you know they've picked it's, it out saying they'll do it? The second, yes. Okay. The five days from the time it is accepted. So how long does it usually appraisal. take? Same as anything else. Okay. Same as anything else. If I order any appraisal on a Monday afternoon, it'll usually be picked up by Tuesday, Tuesday lunch, okay. any appraisal VA will work the same way. So the only yeah. difference is with the VA, they know they've got a short clock, whereas the others, they pick up a bunch and then they will get to it when they get to it. And there's I'll nothing get to it when I Interesting. Exactly. Good to know. Exactly. Learn something in on and again, <laughs> yeah. And again, when that VA appraisal picks it up, mm -hmm. they're going to be quick to pick it up because they're going to do the same work and get $200 more on that because there's not an MC that's taking a cut. Yeah. They want these loans. I honestly, I, they usually pick them up faster on VA loans for me than, you know, other loans. Cool. Um, all right. A second way that they're better. Did you know 
that VA appraisers are not allowed to appraise a house for less than the contract price without alerting everyone first. That's the one thing I did know. Tidewater. <laughs> I got it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So it's called Tidewater. So let's say we got a $300,000 house under contract. Appraiser goes out there. He's almost finished. And he's like, nope, I don't think this is worth 300. I think it's worth 290. He's going to issue something called Tidewater. When Tidewater is issued, listing agent gets a message. Buyer's agent gets a message. Lender should get a message. If you're working with a lender that knows what he's doing, he's going to put himself as a contact on this Tidewater alert because I've seen you know listing agents get an email from Tidewater at 5.30 on a Friday, like Tidewater, what's that? And they just ignore it. And then by Monday, it's been too long. And now we have an appraisal that's you know in at a lower value. But when Tidewater is alerted, lender, listing agent, and buyer's agent are going to get together. Tidewater is basically the appraisal, the appraiser's request to get better comps. He's like, hey, I'm going to appraise this for less. What comps were you guys using to price this out? And so now we all get together. Here are what we believe are the three, four, five, six best comps on this. We send them to the appraiser. He now uses those in his evaluation to give us a value. He might still value it low. But he's at least given us the opportunity before he changes all those markings from pencil into ink to change his mind to 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 argue for the higher value. All right. So number one, Tidewater is a great thing. Number two, let's say Tidewater has been alerted. We give him more comps. He's like, no, I saw most of those comps already or no, I disagree with those comps. I'm valuing this at 290. Now we have a second option to contest the value and it's called a reconsideration of value. Now, if you've got an FHA appraisal that comes back short or a conventional appraisal that comes back short, what do you do? Here's what you do. You write a letter to the appraiser and you say, here are three reasons why I think you were wrong. Can you please reconsider your opinion that you already wrote down in stone? <laughs> in my career, I have gotten one FHA or conventional appraiser to reconsider his value. All right. When you do it with the VA, you go right over his head. And here's how that works. The, the veteran is allowed to write a letter to the VA directly. And they basically say this, Hey, I know that this house is only worth 290, but there were seven other offers on this house. If I make the seller drop this sales price to 290, he will take another offer. I am willing to spend $10,000 more on this house in order to get this property because I want it that much. I acknowledge that I'm buying a house that's valued for more than what you know I'm buying it for, or that's valued for less than what I'm buying it for. The staff uh, appraisal reviewer at the VA is allowed to then take a magic wand and just wave it over the appraisal which automatically increases the value on the appraisal by up to 15% because the VA wants its veterans to get homes. And as long as it's not, you know, if, if the house appraised for 210, they're not, they're going to protect the veteran by not letting him buy that house. But if it's close, if it's within that 15% margin margin, the VA can do a reconsideration of value and increase that. It just increased the value on the appraisal. 
so that we can still buy this home for 300K. Seller doesn't have to lose any money. Borrower doesn't have to come out with any more money out of pocket. It's an incredible tool. I've done it multiple times. Usually if, if both sides are willing to give a little bit the VA is going to prove it. So I mean by that, you know, maybe the appraise the seller is like, I'll go down to 295, but no further. If the seller is willing to go down a little bit to bridge that gap, I've never had the VASAR deny the reconsideration of value. They've given it a hundred percent of the time. If the seller's like, no, I need the full value, that's like 50-50. But again, you can go right over the appraiser's head with uh, something that can save a deal that you could never do on a conventional or an FHA loan. Yeah, yeah. The only other option you have if if you go to the uh, an FHA or conventional is you have to get a whole different appraiser. But then what yep. people don't realize is that underwriter is still kind of that well has been poisoned, if you will, because she's already seen somebody's. So yep. even yep. if you find another appraiser, if they say this, the underwriter still has that opinion. So that's what I love about this. When I found this out, I was like, oh my goodness, this is awesome that, you know, um, sometimes there's a complex that the appraisers have and to change yes. their mind is just so difficult, um, especially Correct. coming from a lowly realtor. You know, they're just <laughs> like, oh, I'm an appraiser. I've got a different license. And it's like, mm. anyway, uh, so I, I right. just, this is so awesome. This is such uh, really, you know, good stuff to, to know for our, our veterans. Did you have two more points on that? Was I, am I yeah, there's, yeah, one more point. Okay. Um, so one way I told you at the beginning, conventional loans can sometimes be better. Mm -hmm. When are conventional loans better for appraisals? Um, things that need to be fixed. The VA is generally going to operate similarly to an FHA loan, right? If you have chipped and peeling paint, if you need, um, you know, a, a new uh, hand railing on a staircase or something like that, if the FHA was going to ask you to fix it, so will the VA. Um, and so there, there might be a lot of houses out there that like they know it won't accept FHA financing. So they're going to want to look for a conventional loan. Here's what I'll tell you, though. Even the VA has some leniency with that. I'm working right now with a friend of mine buying a house, really nice house in uh, in Pennsylvania. Uh, appraisal came back a couple weeks ago uh, at value, but subject to, we've all seen those dreaded words, subject to, what were what was this um, appraisal subject to? Healing pain. There was, there was, it was even worse. Oh. A little bit, a little bit of rotting wood on the bottom of the shed, in the back of the shed, in the back of the property, okay. right? It's Pennsylvania. Yeah. It's, you know, you got snow three, four months a year. So on the bottom of a shed, some of the bottom trim on the shed, you could tell it's, you know, it's a little bit rotting. Now the VA has, has another question here. Does, do any of the repairs affect the stability, the safety, or the sanitary limits of the house. All right. So structural soundness, uh, safety, and sanitary. Well, rotting wood on the back of a shed is not hurting the structural integrity of the house. It's not hurting the safety of the house. And it's not hurting the sanitariness of a house. This is not black mold in four different rooms, right? So the VA has this other awesome thing. It's called an NPR request. This is what we did. I gave, I, I told the buyer, I said, hey, you need to write a letter to the VA directly and tell them this house had six, seven offers, which this was true, by the way. Um, 
the seller does not want to fix any rot rotting wood on the back of a shed on the back of the property. If we ask them to do this, they will back out of the deal and take a conventional offer. We agree to taking ownership of it, even with this rotting wood, and we will repair it after closing. Not an escrow holdback, just we'll take care of it ourselves once we move into the house. They wrote that letter on a Tuesday afternoon. We got a response from the VA on Wednesday morning, request granted, NOV updated, notice of value updated. What that means is we looked at our new appra our appraisal, the exact same appraisals before, but now instead of being subject to no conditions That's awesome. as is appraisal because the borrower was willing to take those repairs on himself. Now, again, if there was a hole in the roof, borrower couldn't fix that after closing, but you couldn't fix that after closing on a conventional loan either. Um, so that's just yet another way in which the VA purposely tries to do as much as they possibly can. Good job, John. Did you hear those people? <laughs> oh, man. Again, you did awesome. For our uh, veterans, way to go. Yeah, the, uh, the the VA does does everything they can to make sure that their veterans don't lose out on houses. Wow. And this is something a lot of lenders don't know this. Um, and that's what you, you need to make sure you're working with a uh, someone that that uh, knows all the ins and outs and trade secrets of working with VA loans. So awesome. Like, seriously, I don't even know those people, but just the fact that you're able to get them into a house. And I mean, that couldn't be their first offer. If it was, you know, congratulations to them. But, you know, they fight tooth and nail just to get a house and then to have that, that's, that's really cool. You know, our veterans are people who, um, in general are very disciplined people. Right. And, um, I think each broker really enjoys that portion of, of working with, with our veterans is how disciplined they are. They, I'm sure you, you could attest to their turnaround time for document requests are um, oh, yeah. probably either at least equal, but they're probably better, you know, than the, the other requests that you have from, from, um, other loans there, the, the time that we took, uh, we're going to be under, under an hour here that if someone just takes the time, digests it, and then can share it with their, with their clients or customers, I think they're really going to help the community, the veterans, uh, veteran community out there. So, um, very good. Yeah, no, thanks. Yeah. If you have, uh, there's still two other myths that we haven't gone over. Okay. So if you would like to know what those are, I still, I think they're pretty cool too. I actually also sneak in a bonus myth at the end. So there's actually seven. So feel free to call me or email me. If you want to take my class, I have it recorded on zoom. I can, I can send it right over to you. You know, um, and you can just learn as much as you can about, about VA loans. You actually have a, uh, an accredited course, right? Like for if, if agents want to do, uh, some, yes. some CEs, Three CEs. It's a three-hour course. I like to do it around lunch, so we'll bring in some lunch, and then it's 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 three full hours, but you get three hours of CE credits. And the thing that I have, the feedback I've gotten from so many agents is that they like my class more than most because mine is actually giving them things that are helpful in their career, right? Like I can structure a VA loan that listing agents will accept. I worked with um, right at the beginning of COVID when the housing market just like exploded and it was like nearly impossible to get a house. I worked with a veteran that put in over 40 offers wow. on 40 different homes before his offer was accepted. Um, and, you know, 
about midway through the, you know, the, the agent we were working with, she didn't trust me in some of the stuff at first. I'm like, let's, let's try to structure this a little bit differently. Let's, you know, let's see what we can do. And we were finally able to structure it in such a way that we got an offer accepted. So that's, that was, you know, a real, you know, a, a real bonus. Very cool. Hey, we like to end our podcast with a positive thoughts uh, or with a positive thought. Do you have a positive thought for us uh, today, buddy? Yeah. So my positive thoughts often come from one of my kids. <laughs> um, so this one will be uh, from, from my oldest. So Jack woke up on Sunday morning, was not feeling very good. Mm. Um, and I was, he, we had two soccer games planned for Sunday afternoon. And I was like, Hey man, you gotta go get, go get ready for church. And he looked at me and he said, I'm not feeling very well. I don't want to play soccer today. And I was like, I think you just really don't want to go to church. I think you're fine. You're going to church, go get dressed. We went to, went to, you know, Sunday school, went to play his first game. He played great Had some Wendy's went to play his second game. He did not play as well. I thought maybe it was the Wendy's, but you know, that's what he wanted. Got home. He went right to bed. He woke up 103 degree temperature, blood coming out of his ear. Oh, apparently the poor guy had a double ear infection and a ruptured eardrum and strep throat. So father of the year stuff over here from me trying to get my son to be tough and suck it up. And I think you're just, no. Um, but I got to give my son so much credit. He yeah. didn't complain one time throughout the day. And, um, he really taught me, you know, in whatever state you are in, you can find things to be content about. And, um, my, my son, uh, did a great job of that taught me over the weekend. And he also taught me to perhaps take him a little bit more seriously in the future. If he tells me he's not sure he can play a soccer game, maybe actually listen to him. And, uh, everyone is fine now. Uh, ruptured eardrum is healing. Got the, got the medicine, uh, strep is gone, but, uh, yeah. That, that was my weekend. That is a very good thought. Very positive. I appreciate it. As always, thanks so much for your time. And we hope that this has helped um, you as you've taken, uh, you know, the listeners that they've taken the time to listen. So thanks so much. See you next time, John. Thank you.